0: now, David Fiorazzo.
1: Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate your prayers. We appreciate definitely every time you intercede for us because we know the spiritual warfare is increasing, and so is demonic activity. It's part of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, it's, now it just seems like it's open and blatant, and there is just these agendas that are just godless that are not only affecting our country, But they've seeped into the church. We've got to be aware, friends. We've got to understand the times and know how to respond. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us another chance to talk about these things and to try to encourage believers, to try to strengthen them, but at the same time challenge their thinking so that they will be able to discern and know how to respond to people and situations that we never thought we'd find ourselves in. Lord, give us wisdom and, Father, lead us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We thank you that we have not been given a spirit of fear. We thank you that we are overcomers. And we we overcome them by the word of God and by the word of our testimony. But, Father, um, just lead us today and every day, one day at a time, and help us not to be overcome by evil. Help us overcome evil with good. In the name of Jesus, amen. Today we're blessed to have Pastor Steve Smotherman back with us, the senior pastor Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I like to call him a patriot pastor. He believes in staying true to the Word of God, equipping the saints, refusing to cater to culture, and also he's willing to confront the many issues facing Christians and uh, Americans today. Uh, He and his wife have three children. They have eight grandkids, and he's in Albuquerque, Steve, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, brother.
2: It's a pleasure to be with you again, man. You do such a great job. I'm honored.
1: Well, thank you. We appreciate your time. I just can't imagine how busy you are. Let's talk first about censorship, and then we're going to get into how a lot of people are thinking the corporations and woke, so-called, woke companies, They're right now they are punishing people for holding the wrong political views, and it's a lot of people are speculating that they are going to end up coming for Christians. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We've had some issues with censorship here on the podcast, mainly on our Facebook page. And also last week, I, a couple weeks ago, I had a video. It just simply stated uh, a study came out on the ineffectiveness of masks on COVID-19. and It was taken off of YouTube. They're not even letting people with an opposing view on some of these in the big tech, some of these platforms. So that was taken off, and I just want to get your take on any censorship that you, I'm sure you've dealt with some of it, whether you've had uh, social media or uh, in your church website, anything else, Steve? Well,
2: I mean, absolutely. We've been warned and you know flagged on YouTube for comments I've made about homosexuality, and, and if you ever say COVID, you know, that puts a warning sign up. I think what we need to realize and what I've realized is that Um, we're in this world as Christians, but we're not of the world, and the world hates us. Jesus said, if it hated me, first it'll hate you, and so um, the world's not with us, and and because there's very few true believers, they're not afraid of us anymore, Mm. And, and so they'll do what they want, say what they want, threaten us, and then most people yield to the threats, and there's very few of us that'll just say, I don't care. Mm. We're going to continue to love God, preach the gospel, help people get to know God. And so it's a fight. We're in a, we're in a, a fight with principalities and powers and mights and rulers of darkness of this age, as the Bible says. And, and it's a real spiritual fight, and it's a battle. And, and, and we, we, I guess we've got to come to the realization now more than ever that the world hates us. Mm-hmm. They, they're not for us, and any opinion that differs from what I did a, a teaching uh, months ago and uh, on the spirit of the Antichrist that's already in the world working, mm. um, they they come against us. So if you're not with them, you're against them.
1: We were just reading, in, I think it was Second Thessalonians' first chapter, talking about the Antichrist has to set himself up in the temple in Jerusalem, and then you will know that the abomination of desolation. I'm thinking there's a scripture in 1st John chapter 4, chapter 3 and chapter 4, I think it talks about the um, antichrist spirit, someone who is not of God. You can tell those who are the spirit of the world or those who are of the Holy Spirit. Could you clarify that and how we're seeing that openly today? The
2: scriptures you're referring to speak about that the spirit of the antichrist is already at work in the world. And so, even though the the uh, the Antichrist hasn't manifested yet, the spirit of the Antichrist is already working, and so yes. you see it in everything, in this cultural Marxism that's being um, uh, produced, and and everybody, you know, people buying into where you have to destroy the nuclear family. So a family's not a mom and dad anymore; it, it's a, it could be anything, and and how they've taken women and you know, uh, taking them out of the home so they -hmm. won't raise their kids. The state can raise their kids and how they just destroy our religious system and and make it, you know, make fun of and and come against anybody that believes in, in a true God. I mean, so the spirit of the Antichrist has been a work in the world for a long time. We're just seeing it manifested because there's so few people that actually believe the scriptures and are willing to stand up And i put it like this. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, count the cost. Mm. And so many have never counted the cost.
1: Mm. And there is a cost. And in America, uh, because of our Constitution, we are so blessed to live in this country uh, with all its flaws, but one of the most exceptional nations in world history but it's an anomaly here. We don't have the persecution. I mean, in the Middle East, there are Christians getting their heads cut off. Africa, the, uh, different countries around the world, and here we have been so spoiled, but unfortunately, Pastor Steve, what we're seeing now is really led to apathy now, the apathy of the church. We've grown lukewarm, generally, when other countries, they look at us and go, really, you're, you're afraid because people might call you hateful or intolerant? You're afraid of a virus? I talked to a pastor last week, in California, Southern California, he said there are some churches here that are still not open. And I know how you feel about that, Steve, and I think this is a nice a quick transition to kind of get an update on you and Albuquerque, New Mexico, and your dealings with the governor there.
2: To go back to one, that one statement, it, it, it's sad that um, the church is more concerned about the virus, a virus that may, you know— uh, Maybe less than 1% of the people who actually get it, I mean, the numbers are so fraudulent and, and that they're put out and die. And, and we're not concerned about sin, which we know 100% of people who die in their sin go to hell. I mean, they don't have a life after. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have eternal death. And, and, and it's, so, it's so sad there. And then when we're dealing with the governor, our governor just Wednesday said churches can open up to 100%. Um, and, and what was grievous to me is some of the churches out here and, and where I live were so thankful and grateful to her, and I'm like, wait a minute, we don't, we don't serve her, she serves us. And by the way, I, I told people, we've been opening up 100% since May. That's right. So we, we, were never, we never did any of this the, the things, because how do you turn someone away from the church? And so we're still, um, you know, and here she does this just weeks away before we go to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals and fight our case. Um, and every time we've gone to court, she's changed the mandate in favor of the church. Uh. So, uh, you know, so here we go again, we're starting to get discovery, uh, you know, maybe even, uh, do some depositions and, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, she changes, okay, churches can now have a hundred percent. So, um, that's the state of affairs here, but you know, we keep pushing back. I'm not thankful to her or grateful. She doesn't open and close the church. God does. And he hadn't closed it yet. So, um, and so that's my attitude, and people have come against us and said, why can't you just, why do you got to keep fighting and pushing? I it because if someone doesn't fight for our liberties and our rights, we're going to lose them all.
1: Amen. Amen. So, I'm, I'm thankful for y- you, pastors like you, leaders like you, and churches like yours that are. And you're in one of the bluest states, too, we'll remind our listeners, in New Mexico, and you're fighting back. Hey, Ed, are you talking about your case uh, that goes back to Christmas Eve when you were fined? Ten thousand dollars, and is that the one that Matt Staver is working with you on?
2: No, that Matt Staver is working with us on that one, and the one that's going to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, and so um, we—that's um, two different cases.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: so we sued her. We were one of the—I think someone said we were one of the first four or five lawsuits filed in America uh, in federal court against uh, the governor and these mandates, and uh, and so that case has gone up. You know, we got a. A bad ruling. Um, uh, Mass David and them thought we got the worst ruling in the whole country from a so-called uh, Bush appointee judge. Uh. <laughs> and, and you know, so these guys are so weak. And he, you know, I, I think that the, the judicial system as a whole is so corrupt. It's not about the Constitution. It's about what's popular. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he basically agreed with our argument, but said the governor can do what she wants. And I'm like, wow. So we just went from a, a republic. Uh, to communism in one, one blow. And so we, we filed that in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals and said we were appealing his decision.
1: Okay. Wow. Um, I'm disappointed that more churches are not fighting back. I know there are some in Southern California that are, um, and I'm thankful for that. Um, you know, Steve, I thought—I think we both had this conversation with the last time you were on the podcast— how we thought COVID-19 would have been more of a wake-up call to the church, our backs up against the wall. We're now they're telling us who's essential and who's not. For a free country with our constitution, we, we are still in a very dangerous and pivotal time, aren't we?
2: We are, and and you know, God says, "My people perish for lack of knowledge," and um, and so you know, people always want to say, "Well, it's just lack of knowledge of His Word." I think it's just lack of knowledge, period, including the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And when we don't have a basis or a foundation that the Word of God is the Word of God each and every day and minute of our lives, no matter what the culture says, then we will fall into, you know, what I talked about, the spirit of the Antichrist, and we'll actually be against God. Mm. You know, when you were talking about, um, you know, how we've become so apathetic, you know, in our prosperity... Yes. You know, we we have become apathetic. And isn't it funny that Jesus said, or ironic, Jesus said to the rich man um, or to his disciples that it's harder for a rich man to go to heaven than a camel to go through the eye of the needle. Now we're seeing it because most people in America, if you live in a house, if you have a car, I mean, you, you, you have any of those running water, you're considered pretty wealthy. And in our prosperity, we have become so apathetic and mm. so... Um, uh, you know, we don't want to fight. We, we just become uh, irrelevant uh, because we, we, we want everything easy. Mm. And and then there's a few of us like yourselves, which I'm so grateful for, uh, that, that says, hey, we got to fight back. We have to take our stand in the sand. and And most people aren't willing to do that.
1: Well, what you just said, I'm, I just couldn't help but think of Revelation 3 and the lukewarm church of Laodicea, which was rich. They thought they had everything they wanted in this life, and uh, it says, no, you are poor, wretched, pitiful, blind, naked. And, and here they are thinking, now oh, we're doing well, and they were lukewarm. And he said, I would rather have you be hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. This was a church of believers. And what you said, in America, we, we tend to think of ourselves that some of us, I know we're not rich by any means, but yeah, yes, we are in comparison to the rest of the country. Um, Pastor Steve, I don't, didn't know when we'd get to this, but you referred to it. Um, new studies have come out, uh, Barna, uh, the Christian worldview, and it's really sad. Now, only 6% of Americans hold to a dominantly biblical worldview. This came out uh, in April. And George Barna found that 88% 88, um, of U.S. adults hold to a mixture of worldviews instead of adhering to one. In other words, um, nihilism, Marxism, postmodernism, secular humanism, Hinduism, Eastern mysticism, uh, maybe a little bit of Christianity. Uh, it, it, it's called syncretism. So, isn't that interesting? Christianity, we know, is a very exclusive. The gospel is exclusive. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But people still tend to want a little bit. They want cafeteria Christianity. Your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And and what a study to come out. I was reading some of it. I had a, my assistant it up. Although 7 out of 10 Americans consider themselves to be Christians, just 6% actually possess a biblical worldview. Now you know why the church is in turmoil. Yeah the church doesn't even know what to believe, and 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 you know, you think about it, you know. In Matthew seven, the Bible does speak about broad is the way to destruction, and many thereof find it. Mm. And and narrow is the way to eternal life, and very few find that way. And 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 that's just telling that um, we're, we're finding out there's very when in the midst of controversy, in the midst of persecution, we really find out who we are. Mm. And so. Um, in the midst of all this, the church has faltered as a whole. I mean, there's been some that I've gotten to know that have stood up and said, "Man, we'll go to jail. We'll fight to the end." Um, but that's very few. And how many of uh, people have just wandered from the faith? Mm. Because you know, I'm not going to fight. I don't want to be disliked. I don't want to be taken out of uh, out of off of social media. And it's really just a sad testament of what the church has been preaching to people for the last 20-30 years, this seeker movement, this church growth movement, and I believe in church growth in that we we preach the gospel, the unadulterated gospel, we get people born again, and we make disciples of them, Hmm. and and yet, but the the gospel that's been been preached over the last 20 or so years has been all about the appeasement of people, making you feel good. You know, the church is here to make you happy, but there's not one scripture in the Bible that refers to God wants to make you happy. And uh, but that's what people seek, and when they don't find it, out of their disillusionment, they walk away or wonder, or we're never really in the faith at all.
1: Oh, that's that's scary. When but we know that we know some people fall away and they're back in the world, and and people wonder what happened. Well, we've got to ask the question: Were they truly converted? And that's a scary question. So that because a lot of that comes back to pastors, church leaders, what kind of gospel is being preached or not preached, I should say, is being watered down? Is it sugar-coated? Because I know you hear a lot of pastors wanting to just, you know, not address the, the so-called negative or controversial issues. Well, people, uh, I, you know what, I, I'm losing patience with, with that kind of mentality because if they can't see what's going on around us and people falling away, the world's going to do what the world's going to do. But when Christians or so-called Christians are falling away or saying they're believers, but then, uh, you know, they're not sticking with the church. This is a concern which leads us to another study, Steve, that 40% of evangelicals now, according to this one, say they rarely or never go to church. I don't know how much COVID-19 has played into that or not, but this just came out recently as well, and it's disturbing 40% of self-identifying evangelicals. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I'm, you know, I'm not surprised, and I don't know if it has to do with COVID or just really bringing out who we are as a church as a whole mm. uh, and what people really believe. But think about it: those, those, if only 40% attend church, um, then then think about this. But they all, and if it was about COVID, but they still went to stores, they still went out to eat, they, I mean, they were outside of their house, but somehow the church is evil. Mm. Uh, and and that's what they're saying. Well, I can go to Walmart because that's necessary because I need food, but I don't need to go to church because that's not necessary. How and, much? And you know, Jesus said it very clearly: "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." And 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 so people are so deceived today. They're they're lost. Yes, it's the scripture in Matthew seven too, where Jesus said, "In the last days, people come." I, I usually use the uh, a paraphrase edition, but Jesus said in the last days, people come up to him or strut up to him, saying, we bashed the demons, we we built this building, we did this in your name. And Jesus said, you know what I'm going to say to you? I don't even know who you are. Mm. He's going to cast them into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And think about this. He called them wicked. Mm. And And so when you think about that, you think about who are they? Well, they knew who Jesus was. Jesus didn't know who they were. So here's what it comes down to. These so-called Christians were doing what they wanted to do, but they refused to do what God asked them or commanded them to do. Wow. And yeah. so when you look at it like that, yes. you see, and, and that's not the gospel being preached. There's no, there's no gospel of costing you. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Well, we understand in that day to take up your cross was a dead man walking. mm when you carried a cross, you were dying. You you were going to be crucified. You yeah. you it was a dead man walking. And so, what was Jesus saying? He was saying, "Listen, you got to take up your cross and follow me. You got to be a dead man walking to yourself and just do what I ask you to do." Mm. And we're not willing to do that today in our country and our culture. Out of luxury, we don't want mm. to be. We don't want anything to hinder our 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 lifestyle and our convenience. And and you know, so I tell people all the time if. If, if you think walking with God is all about your convenience, you're never going to walk with God. Amen. I, so, you know, that's what the church world is experiencing. Yes. I think because of lack of real leadership, uh, we got into a popularity culture where mm-hmm. we, 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 we had our own Hollywood, so to speak. Yes. Certain leaders that, that wouldn't preach the true gospel because afraid they'll lose people or money. And and man, for the love of money, not having it, but the love of money is the root of all evil. That's right. And that, I, I think we're seeing it in the body of Christ
1: today. Yeah, then they get on Oprah or some talk show or on Ellen or whatever, and they, they're asked about homosexuality, and they back down or they take a neutral stance. And here's an opportunity where people could be set free if they just heard the truth even if they edited it out of the actual interview, at least they would they could say it, but they don't. Uh, Pastor Steve, we've got to take a break already. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk about this new direction it seems corporations are taking. They're calling it woke, right? They're punishing people for holding the wrong political views. Will they be coming for Christians? Well, we're going to talk about that when we come back. Plus, an evangelist that we've had on the podcast um, about a month ago He was banned from American Airlines. He's on the no-fly list for supposedly uh, disobeying the
0: mask mandate, which he did not do. More with Pastor Steve Smotherman in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo.
1: Today's guest, Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Before we get to this article on uh, punishing people for holding the wrong political views and corporations now, they'll be coming for Christians if they're going in this direction. We found some very interesting statistics. We were talking off air before we got back on. History has been rewritten in American public schools. We know that. We know what Hollywood's doing. We know what the corporations are doing. We know what the university system has been doing. Um, even the Biden administration have got an article here. Biden is set to push critical race theory on U.S. schools, and this is something that people are buying because they don't know the facts. So quoting a, an article here over at Town Hall, relative to their numbers in the population in an 1860 census, a minuscule number of white people owned slaves. Eight million white people lived in the South, but of these, fewer than 325,000 owned slaves. What this mean, now the population, 27 million, according to 1860 census, that means only 1.4% of the total white population consisted of slave owners. I want to clarify, 4.8% of the white southern population did so, but total 1.4. Now, that's not what you're hearing in the news. It's not what you're hearing in public schools, not what you're hearing from Hollywood. Steve, we have been really almost brainwashed over the last decade or two, and now here comes Black Lives Matter on the scene, pushing this narrative along with the media. Uh, What are your thoughts on this? We've gotten so far away from actual truth and true history It is astounding to most of us who actually know the facts. We're not a racist country.
2: No, I mean, we're not a racist country. But in order for uh, Marxism to prevail, communism, socialism, you have to get race against race. You have to create a narrative where the races are at odds. And everything's a racist thing or statement or, you know, if you don't agree with certain things, you're a racist. And and so, I mean, that's called cultural Marxism that's been... uh, promoted in our country for a long time. Now they're just blatant about it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, it's sad to me that uh, we live in a nation, when you go back and look at history, um, even the most liberal history, um, you would still know that over 80 or 90% of people did not own slaves. And when you look at that 700 to a, a thousand to a million people gave their lives to free slavery yeah. completely, you, you know, how racist is that? And so... To, you have to create a narrative for people to fight each other um, over uh, nonsense because then we get away from the truth and moving uh, forward in our in our walk. And I, I, I believe this, truth changes uh, everything. It changes your perspective. It changes what you believe. And the Bible says we perish for lack of knowledge of, of, the, of God's Word. We just perish for lack of knowledge, period. And people don't want to know the truth. They just want to be liked and accepted and, and woke and go along with the flow. And, man, we have to stand up and say, that we got to push back.
1: Mm. We do. And part of the reason or part of the way we do that is share some facts. We're called Stand Up for the Truth. That's what this podcast is called. And it's not popular because people have already believed the lies. They've already fallen for the deception. And now we're trying to grab Christians and those who say they are believers in Christ and say, okay, we believe the Bible. Now what's happening in our culture? We have to apply these same standards of truth and research and discernment to what's happening in our culture. Now some other racially incorrect facts are um, the majority of urban black slave owners in the 1860s, or even before that were women, according to um, history. Also, I was going to read something else here. For four decades, from 1630 to 1670, uh, those Africans who became freedmen actually owned white servants. So (laughs) there was other types of slavery as well, and we don't need to go down that road too much, but it's just amazing when the Census Bureau in 1830, for example, notes that uh, free blacks, free uh, black people, owned more than 10,000 slaves at that time in Louisiana, Maryland, Virginia, South Carolina. This is not uh, going along with the modern narrative in the year 2021. Steve, is there any way, I know the public schools are probably not going to get there because of they're so far gone in the textbook publishers and everything else and the NEA. But how are we going to get this, the truthful information, back to people who have fallen for the lie that uh, America is systemically racist? We know that's not true. How, how are we going to do this?
2: Well, you know, the only thing that we can do is continue to preach the unadulterated gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible. No no watered-down versions, just preach it. Because until people have a heart change, there's no way they're going to have a thinking change. Mm. Um, and that's why when we get born again, you know, God makes believers, but, but we as people, we make disciples. In other words, we have to disciple people. That's, that's right. our job. That's right. We can't make a believer. God makes a believer. But what does he tell every believer to do? You've got to renew your mind.
1: Mm.
2: And, and people, that's work. And so people don't like to work that's hard work is you know it's hard work to think and people don't want to think for themselves they just they you know we're so used to watching movies and being entertained where we don't have to think and then here comes the news media telling us stuff and we're not even thinking about it we're not even going back and researching it and studying it we're just taking it at face value and said it must be true because the media says it Mm. but somehow the church must be a lie or the real church. I'm not talking about everybody who calls himself the church. I'm talking about the real church of the Lord Jesus that believes in the Bible and believes in getting people born again and renewing your mind. They they, they doubt them because the media has made the church look so dumb. Um, and and we're just you're ignorant if you believe in a real God. You mm-hmm. know. So we have to renew our minds, and we that's only we can tell people. You have to learn to think, and 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 study. Uh, and and that 's how you you get approved to God, study to show yourself approved unto God, uh, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, and so these people are going to be ashamed because they don 't want to think It takes work thinking if you think about it is work, and you know what is even worse than harder than thinking is rethinking. <laughs> You know when you when you think something, you don't write it down, then you have to rethink it. It's like, what was that thought? What was that thought? So you know, people don't want to work. People don't want anything that's strenuous. everything's just got to be easy.
1: Mm-hmm. That-
2: so the way we do it is just keep preaching the truth and 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 hopefully that that word of God will fall on ears that hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen,
1: brother. Uh, when you're saying about the real church. Um, it reminds me of what you actually said this I pulled up our our last podcast together and I'm just gonna quote you Uh, you said what we are going to be seeing is a state church in America versus the church of the Lord Jesus Christ Um, can you expound on that just a little bit more I know what you're talking about and you explained it last time you were on with us but for those that may have missed that cuz I think this is really important you're talking about a compromising church and the true church or the remnant correct
2: Correct. And you are seeing it now in America. I'm seeing in our own state um, churches that are so submitted to the government and just let's go along to get along. And it's no different than what happened in Germany. I mean, Dietrich Bonhoeffer lost his life days before liberation because they hated him, and he was telling the church, you're wrong. And so these are paid off, bought off churches that just have... Um, completely abandon the scriptures um, for uh, heresy. And then there's the church of the Lord Jesus that'll be the ones pushing back, fighting back, saying, you know what, we're not going to submit to that. And believing and knowing because God teaches us what is right and what is wrong and what is good and what is evil. Mm. The state church will not discern that they'll go along to get along with whatever they'll welcome the homosexuals in their services now i want to clarify that yes you know i tell people all the time you can be anything and come to church but if you're a homosexual lesbian you will not have any public displays of affection in our church Amen. you can come here because we want you to get saved and you you have the ability to be redeemed but these are the churches that just go along and say, don't say anything, don't, don't talk about it, you know, let's just love them, and they don't have any idea what that means. And so there is a divide in the body today of the state church, what I call it, it's what the church did in Germany, and the true church that still discerns what's right and wrong and good and evil, and what does the Bible say in Isaiah, woe to those who call good evil and evil good. And and mm. you know what there, we we are still called to call evil uh, evil mm. and good good but that's that's my thought on it
1: Isaiah 5:20 we're seeing that lived out today and plus we, we now we have an idea what a strong delusion might look like as people are being deluded. Um, This article that just came out that we teased earlier, Pastor Steve, uh, punishing people for holding the wrong political views, we've seen that all during the Trump administration, and we've seen that actually for a decade or more before that, because we now have a one-party media in America, uh, the Democrat media. We now have a one-party government-run education, um, kids being discriminated against if they have the wrong hat or T-shirt on, um, but this article is very interesting because now we're talking about corporate America. Woke apparently means being uh, aware of alleged so- social injustice, right? So instead of pitching their products, some companies today are pitching political causes, liberal po- political causes. And I just want to share a quote with you and get your take on it from Stephen. Soak Up, and he is uh, an author of The Dictatorship of Woke Capital, How Political Correctness Captured Big Business. He said, this is a continuation of a trend in American history of an elite ruling class that believes that they know better and that they're taking care of the poor, stupid American people who don't understand what they really need and what they really want and what's best for them. End quote. So isn't that what the progressives are doing, Steve, and what they're trying to they know what's best for us. Just average people who can't think for themselves. The progressives know the Nancy Pelosi's and the Biden and the globalists and all of them. They know what's best for us. But this is it's he's warning that America is headed toward totalitarianism and we're seeing signs of this, aren't we?
2: Well, we are. And, and it is true. I mean, even when you hear Pelosi and these people talk, they always talk for the American people. Yeah. The American people want this. The American people want that. And they say it over and over and over again. And I sit back and think, this American doesn't want that. Yep. This person doesn't want that. I know a lot of people don't want that. But because they say it over and over again, people believe it. Because, you know, you just say, if you tell a lie over and over again, what, eight times and it becomes the truth. And so you know they just constantly lie, and, and it's a it's a it's an overall. You know, you you talked about the, the, they've taken over the education system, and and now it's you know it's a one government thing. Even the media has bought in. Well, the next step is one church. Yeah. They have to take over the church, and, and, they, and they're doing a pretty good job by, by all these churches who are not open, they're not fighting for the right to be open and just taking whatever it comes. Um, so now that's, that's what I was going back to, the state church. So um, you, you have to get true faith out of the way, because Jesus and socialism, um, they, they can't, they can't uh, survive together.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Jesus and communism... Uh, they can't coexist.
1: That's and right.
2: so you got to you got to get the church to, you know, submit to the almighty government and and that's what some of us aren't willing to do.
1: You know, 10 or 15 years ago, I mean I never thought I would say this, but hearing that some of these churches are not opening back up, I'm thinking well, if they're progressive or emergent or watered-down churches, it might not be such a bad thing if those churches don't open back up. But that's sad when you're talking about the body of Christ, the, the, the church that Jesus shed his blood for, and the state of the church today. It's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, Steve, one of the most common questions I get when e- people email in is, how can I find a church in my area— That is not only sound doctrine and preaches the whole counsel of God, but is not afraid to address Bible prophecy and the important issues of today in our culture that are facing us like transgenderism, like religious freedom issues, like other things. So what would you say? Now, I know you're in New Mexico, very, very blue state. Um, what would you say to someone who emailed you and say, "I'm I'm wherever I'm I'm too far away from Legacy Church to attend there. Like I'm say I'm six hours away. Where can I find a good church like this?"
2: Well, they're are very few and far between. And you know how you would find it is go on their website and then and then you know if you attend a service. Um, do here's how I'm judging so many things. Because the church for many years with this seeker-friendly, which is kind of the woke kind of church, they got away from doing any kind of invitations to receive Jesus as Lord. Mm. They got away from so many, I mean, that's the basic fundamental thing. I mean, that's our first love, right? I mean, the only reason I preach the gospel the way I do is so ultimately the Spirit of God can deal with hearts and minds, and they would have an opportunity to get right with God. Mm. And they played it off as something like, well, we'll call you down the road, or if you want prayer, just come up here. And, and, and there was no real moment for people to make a decision. So I judge churches based on that. Mm. Do they give people an opportunity to get right with God? And it's just like, you know, later on, I'll go to a doctor, and and if there was something wrong with me, he said, oh, yep, there's something wrong with you. And I'm like, well, I know there's something wrong with me. That's why I'm here. Well, have a good day. I'd be like, wait a minute. You, <laughs> What are you going to do? And so that's what we're telling people, we preach. Why do we preach the gospel? Because mm. by the foolishness of preaching that men might be saved. Mm. And so we, when we get away from the whole salvation thing, because without salvation, there's no change of life. Mm. And so, you know, you've got you to have your measurements. What are you going to judge the church by? How are you going to make an assessment? So how you find a church is you have a criteria. Do they do this, 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 and this? Or is it watered down? Are they just trying to make me feel good about myself? And you just keep looking until you find one that'll say, uh, you know, if the preacher irritates you some because he's preaching truth, that's probably a good sign.
1: Yes, yes. We don't have enough uh, pastors that are ruffling feathers. And, man, you had, me when you used that that doctor analogy, you go, you've got a disease, and our disease is sin. sin is, you talk about the coronavirus. Sin is the virus that'll affect you eternally, and you go to a doctor, and you tell them what's wrong, or you just go to a doctor to see if they can help you, and they don't give you anything for—it's it, just so sad. But you, I like what—this goes back to what you said earlier. God makes believers, the church makes disciples, but we have to share the gospel first so that they can believe. They have to hear it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God.
2: Absolutely. I, I agree 100%.
1: So Pastor Steve, we've got one more quote here I want to share with you before we have to take a break and then we'll move on to the, another topic, but in this article it says corporations like Walmart, Apple and others are richer and more powerful than some companies or I'm sorry, than some countries in this world because they believe they're fighting for virtue, they're going to use the power that they have within the corporations and every other institution to persecute the church. Now, I thought this is interesting. He's got a book out called Live Not by Lies, A Manual for Christian Dissidents. And he talks about, the, for example, the social credit system, things that we might be forced into here. And, of course, it's it's prophetic. But um, I th- how much time do we have left? Okay, just we've just got like a minute left. I know that's not enough time for you to really give a good, uh, sound answer to this. But your thought about the direction of corporations and that what we could see coming down the road where they're already punishing us for political beliefs, it's going to happen to Christians.
2: Well, yeah, they're, they're, you know, the, these major corporations are globalists. That's why they were allowed to win yep. under the lockdowns. Yep. Why uh, mainstream America, small business, which is the backbone of America, tend to be more conservative-minded, uh, more uh, community-minded. They weren't allowed to thrive. They, w- they were destroyed. Um, and so these companies are globalists. They don't believe in America they don't believe in God that created uh, by his providence, America. Um, and so they're going to push their own agenda, which is secularism, Marxism, uh, because it, under communism, the, the elite, the top thrived. They didn't experience communism. They mm-hmm. traveled the world. They had many homes. Um, it was only the peasants, um, that uh, so-called peasants, that uh, experienced communism. And so that's what's happening with all these corporations. They're just they're, elitists. Uh, they're They're beyond the pale. They're they're way beyond us and above us. And and so we're going to tell them what's good for them. It's just and and they're going to use uh, their, their power uh, to get people to do things like take the vaccine or, yep. you know, submit or not say what you believe to silence the voices out there. So that's my thought.
1: We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. A lot of virtue signaling going on out there, and it's not just from the corporations. We're seeing it seeped into the church a little bit. If you don't take the vaccine, you don't love your neighbor, I would love to get your thoughts on that when we come
0: back on Stand Up For The Truth with Pastor Steve Smotherman. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo.
1: We're back with Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico, a pastor patriot who I, I love his perspective on almost everything. I can't say... We agree on everything because we haven't talked about every issue under the sun. But what I've heard, I love his preaching. I love his uh, just straight-talking style. And he does it with compassion but also with boldness. Um, I want to talk about this story that I teased earlier about Mike Gendron, an evangelist that came up here to Green Bay. In fact, we interviewed him the week before, and he did a a conference. He was banned from American Airlines because they say— Uh, He disobeyed the mask mandate. But he said, in fact, I'm I'm pulling up exactly what he posted on his website. It says, false accusations from flight attendants can put you on the no-fly list. And uh, he said there was no evidence. There was no incident report. He lowered his mask to get a drink of water, which the flight attendant handed him. And so he thinks it's either a case of mistaken identity or more likely One of the stewardesses from Chicago recognized him because he flies around the country. He's been doing this for 52 years, and he is a former Catholic. He talks about the idolatry of Mary and the Catholic Church and so much, but he thinks that they recognized him, and what he had to do is he had to get a new flight, and actually he stayed overnight in Green Bay. So, Steve, this is—it doesn't appear to be— and have anything to do with the mask mandate. It appears to be political. And I know you can't weigh in not knowing all the facts, but just from what he shared on his Facebook, and this article is over at Reformation Charlotte, um, there's no reason for them to put him on a no-fly list. I mean, this guy is the most compassionate and gentle uh, even in his speech uh, that you would ever hear. But I just want to get your thoughts on that. We've heard a lot of people get kicked off of flights or put on no-fly lists for the wrong reasons.
2: Well, I mean, you know, there's no doubt that the Church as a whole, if he believes that that's what it is, we're being persecuted. Um, and persecuted means we're kind of hunted and we're uh, dealt with um, in a way that uh, violates our, our civil rights and our constitutional rights and as, as believers. And so, um, you, uh, you know, so it's just unfortunate, and I hope he— You know, finds a great attorney or one of these attorneys that fight for our religious freedoms would come back and combat that because um, you know, and and just think about this: the 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 first time you're hearing about a lot of people being removed and put on no-fly lists is over mask mandates.
0: Yeah,
2: which is just so it's so. And when you read, I mean, the studies coming out now, Stanford, different ones, they're saying the efficacy of masks is zero. They they don't exactly. And so. Uh, but you know what, that's part of the globalist agenda, the the Marxism, silence people, get them to, to yield without thinking, and so, man, I feel bad for the guy. Me too. What a sad thing to be kicked off a flight, and I the only thing I, I wrote down when you were talking about it is persecution. We're just being yeah. persecuted, and this is one way we'll be persecuted, by hindering a man that's an evangelist to go across the country and preach the gospel.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure uh, what that has to do with, but he is a well known Christian uh, in some circles, and, and who knows if he was recognized or not. But we are seeing these totalitarian actions by not only, I mean, this was, I mean, this is an airline, but this brings us to the next topic, Steve uh, vaccine passports. Uh, will there be a time? It looks like we're heading this way. There's already a big protest over in the UK, I think, somewhere in Europe about vaccine passports. Will we? not be able to fly, move around the country because of these vaccine passports. And if that doesn't go against the Constitution and our freedoms, I don't know what does. Well, I'm very concerned about this.
2: Well, yeah, I am am also. And I, you know, um, first of all, I mean, when you take the vaccine in America today, you're signing up, or maybe all over the country, world, you're signing up as part of a a trial phase. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. Instead of doing a trial phase on animals, because somehow that's evil. Uh, let's do it on human beings and see what happens in the next six months to a year. Mm. And then to force people to join a, fa- a trial phase because none of these vaccines are, are, are approved by the FDA. None of them, wow. there's, there's no, they have not approved them, they've allowed them, uh, but, but they haven't, they haven't been um, uh, approved by them. And so, uh, and then to force us to take one without the thing of what, buying and selling, traveling, um, it is just unconscionable. It's so it's so sad and so sick and I think this will also end up in the Supreme Court and hopefully those people have enough common sense to say you can't force people to take a vaccine that you can't even prove that works.
1: Exactly, um, let alone you, you know have the freedom to do what we've always done in America. You can't travel if you don't have it, but corporations and, and universities are doing I have an article here by journalist Leo Homan And it mentions Matt Staver again. (laughs) And uh, it looks like what, what Matt or what Leo Holman said, private corporations are working with state and local governments to quietly implement digital vaccine passports, forcing Americans to, quote, show their papers before they can attend universities or enter libraries, hotels, cruise ships, sports arenas. And eventually, he says, almost every type of business that deals with the public. And then he mentions um, a couple months ago, the dean of Louisiana State University, LSU, um, sent out a directive that COVID vaccines would be mandatory for all returning students and teachers and staff. Over in Illinois, they must get the COVID injection, and this was by April 30th, as a condition of continued employment. And we're seeing more and more of these stories, Steve. uh, Your advice—I know how you feel about this. It's an infringement on our on our constitution and our freedoms. But your advice for Christians—that I mean, we've dealt with this with the masks as well. Now we're dealing with it with employers um, demanding you get the vaccine to continue allowed yourself being employed there.
2: Well, and again, I think our, our only place to go is to the court systems and. You, you know, you'd have to fight that. And, and, and here's the thing. No one's liable. So if anything bad happens to you with the vaccine, they're not liable. So exactly. If, if your company's telling you have to have it to work there, then they're going to accept the liability of it. And, and so you could, you, you know, if something happens because what they're not reporting is all the adverse effects of these the, these vaccines. Johnson Johnson reported a few. they told them to stop, and then they brought them right back because, oh, it's such a small percentage. Well, there's such a small percentage of people who actually die of COVID, um, but yet we shut down our whole country, yeah. and so I would just continue to push back and fight back, and you know you're going to sign a you know here's papers you need to sign if you're going to force me to do that while'm for working here and and so this hasn't been adjudicated, so it'll be interesting. Uh, when they start really a- implementing this, if it doesn't end up in a court system where that's the only way we can fight, or we just don't solicit those places, just go to a different college.
1: Uh, one thing, and this is biblical when you talk about what's happening prophetically uh, from Daniel, Revelation, and other things. Uh, Matt Staver is quoted in this article, and again, the the website is leo homan uh, dot com, and this is at Harbingers Daily. Leo Homan quotes Staver talking about the idea of saddling Americans with health passports of any kind is bigger than just COVID or even vaccines. He says once such a system is in place, more personal data will inevitably be added to the app on your phone or the chip that eventually gets placed under your skin. This is fascinating. Steve, have you heard about the Amazon Palm Reader. Have you heard about that?
2: Well, I did. I read a the caption of an article that Whole Foods is now uh, you can buy you can you know do your thing by the palm of your hand. Mm. You can buy food there, and I thought, oh my gosh, here yeah. we go.
1: Yeah. Um, there's already like, for example, we're in in the Green Bay area, Lambeau Field. Last year went cashless, and they were proud of that. And what we're seeing, it's not just because of COVID. We're seeing this is this is a move by the left and globalists to get us to go cashless, right? What are, What are your thoughts on that from uh, perspective of Bible prophecy and the going cashless and this, this threat?
2: Well, well, it's 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 getting set up for the Antichrist to, mm-hmm. to appear, and um, you, you know, and and, and I, you, like I said earlier, I did a whole message, actually three on the spirit of the Antichrist, and that's already working in the world well, this is just moving us towards the chip. Yep. I mean, I don't know why Christians think it's going to be so obvious. Uh, we, we, I mean, the devil's a deceiver, um, you know, he's a liar, and we just think it's going to be a brand that you get branded with 666 on your forehead or on your hand. Um, but it, it, it might be a chip, and that, that's probably what it's going to be. Um, and if you take it, you, you're doomed to eternal death. You, there's no redemption for you after that. And, and so I think we need to be aware of what our surroundings are. Um, people who have not trusted God, you know, we've been preaching that I have. You got to trust God. You got to trust God. I believe if God has to bring the ravens to bring me and my family food, he will because why? We love the church. We believe in the church. We attend church. We give our tithes and offerings, which is allows him to bless your life. And, you know, majority of Christians don't do any of those things.
1: Mm. Um,
2: but yet they call themselves Christians.
1: Yep. yep, boy. I mean, you quoted we,
2: the stats earlier how bad it's getting.
1: Yes, it is, friends, and we've got to be in the Word of God, and we've got to surround ourselves with like-minded believers because iron sharpens iron, and we really need to encourage one another day by day as this thing gets closer. Um, just to clarify something from Revelation 13, it will be uh, people taking that mark voluntarily and won't it be those who know that they are so called like pledging allegiance to the antichrist that take the mark
2: yeah, I, yeah you know that's that's an interesting uh, thought yeah, you know they they're going to most people will be deceived you know it, it'll be the believers so called believers that take it that that will know okay i'm going to take it but uh, and they're going to take it out of the thought of common sense which has been pushed through this whole thing um, you know I, God would want me to feed my family. God would want me to make a living. God would want me to pay my house bill, sure He would, but not at the expense of your eternal salvation. Mm. And and so that's going to be the rhetoric because that's the rhetoric over masks and social distancing. I mean, when you really look up the aerosols of, of of how this thing is spread, they they say they travel like a long ways, but yet we narrowed it down to six feet. How did we come to that? <laughs> it wasn't any science, and now it's three feet. And <laughs> and and so you know, uh, masks. Everybody wear masks. Then double mask, and and then they come find out the efficacy of masks is almost zero, if not zero. So. You know, it's all about common sense, and the problem is um, common sense will override God's uh, ways Mm. uh, because it's not common sense to him to violate his word so you can protect your own being, so to speak. And I think that's the deception.
1: Yeah, We want uh, to protect our health. We want to be safe. And what are we willing to give up in order to do that? Well, we've seen America give up a lot of freedoms in the last year-plus, uh, but we have to remember, and Steve, we need to bring this home and just wrap it up in a, in a minute here, but our struggle, obviously, is not against flesh and blood, but it, there's a demonic influence behind so much of what is happen, happening today uh, against rulers, powers, principalities, forces of darkness. And I would love for you to just uh, close and wrap up and say, we've got to be standing on the Word of God. We've got to know the Word and be able to apply it to what we're seeing happen.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, our fight is not with flesh and blood, but is with the principalities, powers and might, and rulers of darkness this age. Those are, those are demonic entities, and and our fight is not with the person. My fight was not with the governor, so to speak. It's with the spirit that's influencing the governor, which we know is the devil. I Amen. mean, how do you say it any differently? If you believe the Bible, you've got to believe in the devil, and I think Barna did studies years ago that said uh, a large percentage of people don't even believe in the devil. Well, then, who did Jesus cast out of those
1: people? Exactly.
2: Um, you know, and and who fell? Who did he see fall to the earth? And um, you know, who is the god of this world in Corinthians that blinds the eyes? So we need to understand we're in a spiritual warfare, and if you don't learn the word of God and renew your mind constantly to the word of God, you said it earlier. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The only way to have faith in God is through the word. You're not going to get it through Oprah or, or Dr. Phil. Or, or, you know, any of those, you're not going to get it anywhere else. The only place you can get faith hmm. that'll save your life is through the Word of God. And so we have to come back to believing that the Bible is the unadulterated, true Word of God. And we have to learn it. And, and when we learn it, we have to apply it. That's the only way to fight the spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. And, and we're, in a, we're in a spiritual warfare. and And we're fighting against the devil. And the only way for the devil to do what he's going to do with the antichrist um, and people taking the mark is to get you dependent on a government believing that they can take care of you yeah they can make you safe because we've heard all that rhetoric they cannot make you safe they cannot take care of you only god can do that amen and, and america's got to come back to the revelation that the only way to have a relationship with god is through the lord jesus christ and him alone amen. and and so that's, that's the reality. We have to come back to that.
1: Amen. And then to just remember also in that passage of Ephesians 6, the sword of the Spirit, that is our offensive weapon. So we need to know the Word of God in order to wield it uh, properly. Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, New Mexico. Thank you so much for your time, brother. God bless you and your ministry.
2: God bless you. You're a great American, man. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you, sir. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of the week. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media, Stand Up WI, on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth.
1: Tomorrow, our guest will be General William Boykin of the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C. And Friday, we're checking in with Todd Friel of Wretched Radio. Wretched is going to be on Stand Up For The Truth, and uh, we'll let you know our guest's A little later on uh, next week as well. We've got a few surprises, but thank you so much for listening. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.